Welcome to your Optimal Personal Economy podcast with Justin Bennett. Your personal economy is your ability to create, protect, preserve, and utilize your wealth, your financial world. Justin will share strategies and stories to help you optimize your personal economy. Now, on to the show with Justin Bennett and co-host Matt Halloran. Hey, Justin Bennett here. Just thought I'd share kind of a little bit of an experience that I had coming off of last weekend. I had a chance to run my second 100-mile race. It was quite brutal and beautiful at the same time, and I thought... I thought it might be good to kind of share with you a little bit about the experience and how I found the experience to also be transferable to other domains of my life. And so the race itself was a race that took place out in the desert in Arizona, specifically Page, Arizona, and it was over 100 miles and it was continuous. So there was no chances other than a few aid stations along the way to stop and refuel the flasks that were inside of my running vests or inside of my running vest. So being that this was my second 100-mile race and my sixth or seventh endurance challenge, I, I had a little bit of experience with putting myself in these uncomfortable positions, but each one of these experiences certainly have their own kind of set of challenges. And so when I started at about six o'clock on a Saturday morning, I found myself going out in the dark, running along, and the course went out and it went about 20 miles into really, really soft sand. And the sand was tougher than running on the beach, which I've done in the past because it was that thick, mucky, loose sand And so I'm running along and trying to work through the challenges that the first 20 miles threw my way. You know, your body twists and turns every which way and you try to stay in the moment and it's hard to do, but you try to do the best you can. And then you're running through these antelope canyons, which are some sought after scenery from all over, you know, some of the, some of the highest sought after scenery from all over the world. You work through those canyons and then you kind of start to loop out towards another section of the course. And this this next section that I got to lasted about 30 miles or so. And this section was, was very, very challenging and unexpectedly difficult. And the reason why is because it, it was really, really rocky and so rocky that it was, um, it was virtually impossible to run on. So you had to kind of, you know, move your legs as quickly as you could without falling. Because if you fall, there was about a thousand foot cliff down into the Colorado River on one side, and on the other side, you just had more rock. So you didn't want to fall was, was, was the theme there. So we made it through that, and you know I advanced through the first 50 miles reasonably okay, but I came into an aid station. The aid station fortunately had my, my good friend Drew Bramley, who uh, I had flown out to crew me, and, and so he, when I came into the aid station, he changed my flasks, he refilled my flasks, he made sure that I ate some, some, some nutrition and it made sure that I was mentally still in the game. And so I, I parted at about mile 50 from that aid station and about a mile after I left the aid station, I started to go really, really dark. And my, my mind started to go uh, to places that suggested I was just going to figure out a reason why I was going to stop running the race. I, I just thought to myself that 
for whatever reason, I got to this 51-mile marker, and I was convinced that I had digestive problems. I was convinced that you know, my, my body couldn't take it anymore. I thought it was just going to be an easier thing to tap out and kind of uh, enjoy the rest of the weekend and relax. And, you know, I had about seven miles before I got to the next aid station. So what I wanted to do is recognize that this this deep, dark thought of tapping out of a 100-mile race at mile 51 was happening to me, and I wanted to acknowledge it. I wanted to let it know that I realized it was coming into my thought process, into my mind. And I was trying to debate whether or not it was it was going to hang around with me, quite frankly. So, you know, it got so dark during that, you know, mile 51 to maybe mile 53 that in my mind I started to, I started to craft what the post was going to say when I put out on social media why I didn't finish. And so I had all this, I had literally the entire post ready. And I said to myself, you know, if I if I come up with a pretty good reason why I tapped out, then maybe it wouldn't maybe it wouldn't feel as bad. Maybe it wouldn't be as as uh, as disappointing. And so, I uh, I kept working through that that language and what that would look like. And you know, I, I I kept clicking off mile by mile. And I said to myself, let me just keep giving it a little bit more time. You know, while things remain dark, and let me see if if I allow time to pass by, and I open up the back door, so to speak, and I let these dark thoughts out the back door will then create more space for me to stay focused on the next, you know, 47 miles, give or take. Um, and, and it, you know, time just kept ticking by and I just try to stay in the moment and one foot after the next foot. And I didn't want to get too far ahead of myself. I didn't want to give these negative thoughts too much uh, attention, but I want to give them enough attention so that you know, they realize that they, they, they've had enough attention that they're going to be leaving uh, the back door. And so I worked through this, this, uh, this dark point in, in the race, and I, and I managed to start to feel better. I managed to start to feel a little bit stronger, and it was literally step by step, foot by foot. Uh, I just started to inch away, and, and, uh, and I made my way ultimately out of this dark moment. So by the time I got to the next aid station, uh, my buddy Drew had asked me, how you feeling? And he tries to read me because he's crewed me before. And he, um, you know, he said, uh, you know, how you doing? And I just shared with him that I went through a really, really dark moment. And, you know, like any good crew would do, he just said, hey, listen, you got to stay with it. And, um, and so off into the, into the, uh, to the night I went, you know, traveling into mile number 60 and mile number 70. And, um, now it's getting dark and cold. And so, you know, I'm, I'm trying to work through, this whole 100 mile experience. And, you know, I, ha- I found myself uh, closing in on a second dark moment. And see, what happens is you don't realize when these dark moments will happen and you don't realize um, to what extent they're going to be dark. And, you know, a lot of it becomes mental. Some of it could be physical, whether you injure yourself or your nutrition doesn't end up the way that you want it to end up. But you have to know that these these op- these situations are going to, are going to, you know, rear their head, and you have to be able to either work through it or not. Uh, those are the only two choices that we're, we're faced with. So it was at about mile 82, and um, it was dark. I had the headlamp on, and I'm trying to find the course. The course is marked with these small little tags, and you're trying to follow along. And um, I, I realized that I was, I was off course, and I didn't know exactly how far or where I was, quite frankly, 
but I found myself um, going through um, like a, a stream, a, a waterway, and I knew that that just didn't seem right. I didn't see any any markers or any indication of where the course might be, and so I just I just kept moving forward. I just kept, kept kept telling myself forward motion is better than no motion. So forward motion, forward motion, and then I I pressed the pause button and I realized that I was so unbelievably far off the course that I that I had to call my my crew, my my buddy Drew. So I had my phone with me, fortunately, in my pack, and you know I was I was completely in in a place that I should not have been. Um, and I, and I called him and he asked where I was. I said I have no idea. But he got in the rental car and he managed to drive seven or eight minutes to find me. And uh, he, he had no idea how I ended up where I ended up. But fortunately, he found me. I get in the car. He brings me to uh, back onto the course. And uh, and it was very, very comfortable in that car on the way back to the course. And it was very close to me saying, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I've had enough. I've veered several miles off the course, which causes a lot more energy takes a lot more time um, and, and ultimately a lot more attention to get back onto the course than it would be to just tap out at that point. So, you know, me getting lost was probably my second really, really dark point in this 100-mile race. And, um, you know, good again, good coaching by my crew told me to get back out there, you know, get back on the course and, and finish up strong. So, um, you know, I, I kept going through the night and uh, knew that, the the end was near, and I knew that if I just keep going forward and I just keep training my mind to stay with it, and I take one step and go forward, and the next step and go forward, that eventually I would get there. And I was running through my head all the different times that I could end up finishing, whether it be under twenty four, whether it be twenty five hours, whether it be the cutoff time, which was thirty hours. See, if you don't finish by thirty hours, you're 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 off, you're you're done. They kick you off the course. So you do have kind of certain cutoffs weighing in your uh, in your head, and so I'm working through, and I just uh, found myself at about mile ninety, um, get really dialed in. And what I did was somehow my my physical body didn't want to move nearly as quick as my mental body wanted to move, and so my mindset started to get dialed in. And I said I had ten miles left. Let me. Let me just focus on these next 10 miles. Forget the last 90, and let me take these next 10 miles. Let me just break it down, you know, mile by mile, and let me just keep working through this and, and see where I may end up at the finish line. So somehow my, my, my forward motion started to pick up. The, the cadence started to become a little, bit, a little bit more systematic, a little bit more rhythmic, and I started to, you know, pass some other racers and some other runners that were really, really struggling. There was a lot of racers that did not finish, that dropped out of the race for many, many different reasons. These races are incredibly difficult. And I just kind of stayed with it. I stayed positive, stayed focused, and I knew that you know, in the not so distant future, I was gonna be able to cross over that finish line, but I didn't wanna get ahead of myself. I didn't wanna get too far out there because I knew that if I got too far out there, then I, then I could lose myself and not realize what's happening right now. I could stumble, I could fall, I can get hurt, I can not have the proper nutrition. So I, I stayed focused and again, one mile, one step, one mile, one step, just kept going. And then ultimately the sun started to rise out in the desert and I knew that was it. I was 1.7 miles from the finish line and I just opened it up. And it was the most incredible feeling just to finish the last 1.7 miles 
and do it in full stride with the proper cadence and know that the pain that I was feeling was just temporary and that the excitement and the fulfilling feeling and the inspiration that was going to be created for others around me was going to be so much greater than that pain that I was in at the time for the last 1.7 miles. So my buddy Drew caught up to me right towards the finish line and he stayed right behind me as I crossed over the finish line. And there were not many people out there cheering me on, but there were enough. And frankly, it was just an incredible feeling to cross the finish line for my second 100 mile run. But I think what happened was I realized that, you know, life doesn't always uh, run in a perfect line. And so we're going to we're going to come across planned and unplanned life events. And those could be small, those could be medium-sized, or those could be giant. And I think what we need to realize is that the only thing that we can control is this up here. And if we control this up here, it keeps our, our, our calmness at a level where we can perform and work through situations that maybe others will never be able to work through, or quite frankly, others could use our help. So I think what, what I learned from the 100-mile run is a number of things that I'm still reflecting on, but the biggest thing is probably, you know, as challenging as life may be, we need to know that if we calm the mind, and that's something that's inside of our control, because we can control this, we can control what our mind is thinking and how it's feeling, we can't control the things outside of our, our own personal economy, we can't control the things outside of our, you know, direct world but we can control ourselves. So what I found was if I can stay calm when these curveballs present themselves, then I can detach myself from the outcome and I can be more focused and drive forward in whatever it may be. And so the 100-mile run really taught me many, many lessons that are transferable to all domains, to all aspects of my life, and I hope to continue to inspire those around me in my experiences. Justin Bennett, Registered Representative of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, OSJ Northeast Planning Corporation, 1150 Raritan Road, Suite 201, Cranford, New Jersey, 07016, 908-709-0020. Securities products offered through PAS, member FINRA SIPC. Financial Representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Bennett Financial Group LLC is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. California Insurance License Number 0H88104. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS, Guardian, or Bennett Financial Group LLC, and opinions stated are their own.